the Youthscape podcast, the podcast for Christians who work with young people. to another episode of Brave, a four-part podcast series from Headstrong, looking at young people's mental health and well-being as we seek to emerge well from a global pandemic. I'm Martin Saunders and with me as always, Dr. Kate Middleton. Hello. No, not that one. Should we just start like that? Not that one. Do you know my daughter has just started college and as part of her induction had to play that game where you say two true things about you and one false so she said her mum was Kate Middleton and they all thought she was lying that was the truth so cool she's like the first time that's actually been useful so give us a tiny little recap okay about what brave is why we're doing it so we are talking about brave how do we equip and enable young people to stand tall in spite of life's big challenges to support them, to teach them, to speak hopefully wise stuff over them and also to manage some of those tough things ourselves as well because we've been through a kind of interesting season. And yeah, all this stuff is always relevant but it's especially relevant at the moment as we try and process Yes, that is a good sentence, yes. So um, this is last time we talked about tough stuff. If you haven't heard that one, start there, I would say. That gives you a good introduction to the whole um, series. Um, But this time we're going to be talking about control. We are. So I just thought, you know, I'm interested. Obviously, they're your your topics. They're not mine. Um, They they are. And they've they've also come from youth workers and young people. So these are the classic topics that we hear people saying like, ah, I don't, I struggle with this or I don't know how to deal with it. Great. So when we're talking about control, I'm, I'm guessing what we mean is the sort of tendency that we all have. Like, I guess we're all on a scale somewhere with control. Oh, yeah. Needing to... Kind of Shall we pick to... at that thread? Would you describe yourself as a control freak? <laughs> I mean, those that work with me would other in people this, describe? In this yeah, room might have a view. Um, but um, but yeah yeah. So what do we what do we mean when we talk about control as an issue that we might face? Yeah. So so there is obviously a range of of how much we like to be in control, and mm. we we can talk about you know our own personal tendencies towards that later on if we want to. But did you know, as human beings? psychologically we all need to feel that we have a degree of control or what we call agency over the world around us that we can hold the things that matter that we can also exert an influence that that we sort of have a purpose but also that we have we can create possibility we can manage stuff in the world around us for ourselves and also for those that we love it's, it's kind of an interesting one if you want to dig up some of the, the sort of really Old Testament sort of essence of how we were created. And if you think about, like, go way back to the beginning, that the story of creation and, and the story of our God really is a God who creates possibility. And, and before God steps in, what we see in Genesis is that the world is this kind of swirling mess of chaos and disorder. And, and basically it amounted to nothing. And what God does in creation is is steps into that chaos and creates possibility, creates, starts to separate things in from nothing into something, you know, like like day and night and mm-hmm. land and sea, and and then starts to create the, the possibility for life. But it's about the the tension between chaos and control, order and disorder. And it's like our almost like our world's default is 
chaos and disorder. And without somebody stepping in to hold that tension, those things would bubble up from within creation and even from within human nature if we then look at what happens next. Mm. And what's interesting is having created human beings, obviously there's the whole go forth and multiply command, mm. but the next thing that God says is subdue the earth. Yeah. And that, that ancient Hebrew word literally means take authority over. It's about holding that control, holding the tension. So we shouldn't be surprised that we have this inner instinct to want to control, to have positive impact, to exert influence on the world around us. So you're saying that's not a negative thing. No. So we're, not, we're not saying control, you know, because you, you say, oh, that person there is a control freak. Someone might say it about me, for example. I don't know. Um, but, you know, if someone says that person is a control freak, that's very, very clearly a mm. negative comment. So because of that, we tend to hear the word control through that filter, don't we? Is, yeah, we do. And and as a psychologist, it's one of those classic things where my understanding of it might be different to other people. So for, for my young people, for, for the, the kids in my household, but for the young people who I work with and talk to, one of the things that I want to give the most, if I could like wrap it up and put a little bow on it as a gift through adolescence, is, is for them to have a positive understanding of their agency, of their capability, of their ability to control and influence the world around them. Because ultimately that's kind of where resilience comes from, our, our sort of inner belief that if, if something happens, we will basically be able to somehow manage it. And, and, and as we grow, we, we build our understanding of that. So we used to, as psychologists, talk about something called learned helplessness, yep. which was something that was associated with emotional ill health and depression and anxiety. And we thought that what happened was that for some people, difficult things happened that were outside of their control and they learned there was nothing they could do and then they struggled as a result. Mm. Actually... What most research now would suggest is that it's slightly different, that as children, we just don't realise how much control, how much agency we have. Obviously, mm. children are, they don't actually have a lot of control. They haven't discovered that yet. Through adolescence, one of the things that happens for young people is they start to learn. Mm. They start to learn about their inner potential. They start to grow their gifting, their skill, their ability. And they start to take this on as part of their identity. And so that to me is really exciting when we think about what, how do we raise young people who are equipped to manage a complicated world? Is how do we help them to, to, to take on board as part of their identity, which we will talk about in a future episode, a basic belief that they are capable, that they can change things, that even when the entire world goes crazy, because let's face it, all of our control has been a little limited recently, no. there are always some things that you can change that you can influence that you can control i i heard a great quote that's from a guy called matt parker who is a mathematician you might have come across him on like radio four and stuff if that's your space absolutely not so he was to, he he apparently talks about the difference between maths people and not maths people mm -hmm. i again we won't go into what category we put ourselves in on that my son genuinely asked me this morning doing his maths homework what one times ten was which I think it shows just how well I've done in homeschooling. <laughs> but anyway, so he said the difference is not like how clever you are or how gifted you are. It's about do you enjoy challenge? So when it's difficult, is that mm. bad or is it something that you actually really enjoy? Mm. And that I thought, gosh, that's interesting. Because how you react when you hit something that you don't know how to solve says a lot about your belief about your capability. Yeah. You know, if you just think, oh, I just I give up, I'm not even going to try or you're upset, you're anxious, you're you struggle. 
that says to me that, that you don't have that inner belief that you're basically capable. And, and so I'm interested in how can I grow that? How can I help you to discover more about the positive ways that you can control stuff, even when there's something else going on that you maybe can't? And young, let's face it, teenagers may want to be in control. Oh, yes. But they actually can't and probably shouldn't be in control of everything. Agreed. And just for the record, not a maths person. I mean, I like challenge. Definitely not a maths person. So I did maths A-level, but that statement is usually greeted with some ridicule and laughter in my household because I'm really rubbish. Well, if your son had asked me that question, I might have had to think. I might have had to get my phone out and and use the calculator function. We're not maths people. Um, So... So why are these? Why have these issues? Why have these? Why is this something to be talking about now as we emerge from pandemic? Why has it been challenged particularly? So I, I guess because the degree of out of control has been so high, but also just our awareness of it, it's been so obvious. Mm-hmm. And I think if we think about mental health terms and mental illness terms in particular, what we have seen is. A, a flare, a rise in the incidence of some of the conditions that we know are related to young people trying desperately to feel that sense of control. The most classic one being eating disorders, in particular anorexia, where people really control and limit what they're eating. And so I think we see from that that young people are, are struggling with this, with the fact that they feel out of control. If you talk to young people, you will hear a lot of anxiety about that, but also that they're, they're hearing messages that tell them both. It's, it's, it's the, the nightmare combination. It's both bad stuff probably is going to happen and you probably can't do anything about it. And that psychologically is challenging to think about how you deal with that and, and I think for me, as a psychologist through pandemic, what I've been teaching people throughout, and, and it's made me even reflect on in normal times what is good stuff to teach young people, uh, is some of the really good practical tips and tricks and tools that you can use in moments when life feels out of control, both to lift your mood, to get through a difficult day, but also to, to stay well and to be resilient in life's tough times. Um and, and just how much we can often grow our ability in those areas, both for, for us as leaders and as, as adults, as the people who are supposed to know what we're doing, uh, but also in the message that we pass on to young people. There is a bit of a, I mean, I love that word agency. Um, that feels to me like a very positive kind of way of talking about control. I guess agency and control could be slightly different. It's sort of natural, isn't it, for for young people to want that, to... It's very healthy for young people to sort of want agency. Well, and and more than that, like I say, it's one of the jobs in adolescence is for them to gain some more of that because they are supposed to be becoming independent. You know, we forget that sometimes about young people. Our job as adults is to equip them to basically not need us anymore or a lot less than they do. So their job is to develop agency. And it's good to remember, you know, in early adolescence, it's good to remember that's why they suddenly disagree with everything that that you say. I don't know if you have a person in your household at this life stage. We have one of those. It's like, I literally said to him the other day, are you disagreeing with everything I say on principle? And of course he said no. (laughs) And then he got really cross that I laughed. 
But their job is to do that, to challenge things, to become independent, to start to be able to make decisions, manage their own minds, manage their own lives, emotionally to detach from us and to figure out what they think about the world in a moment where, to be honest, there's quite a lot of adults to disagree with right now. Mm. I know in my you know, our dinner table discussions, there's a lot more discussions about the people and the things and the decisions that are clearly wrong than there is about the right. And like, what's the answer? That That's harder. Let's just move away from young people for a moment. Turn the spotlight on ourselves. You know, what are, what are some of the ways that we as as adults, I mean, this might also be true for young people, but, but what are some of the ways that we might look to take, exert, control isn't entirely healthy oh yeah now we're gonna have to be honest aren't we do you know the the line between constructive control and what you might call something that's become less healthy even destructive is quite fine and it's really interesting isn't it and actually some of the good psychological skills that we develop are kind of about playing with your brain's need for control and using that to help you manage in life's crazy moments. So genuinely, I would say to any of my family listening, the fact that there is only one way to stack the dishwasher, which by the way, is is not a control thing. It's just good sense because things get clean. It's all about the jets, people. Anyway, that, that, it becomes more important to me in moments when other things are difficult. And that's, I would say to my family, not a bad thing, please take note, because it means that in the rest of life, I'm, I'm managing things well. So sometimes putting and exerting our agency and influence in one thing helps us manage something else that is difficult right now. But that can become destructive. And, and I guess the moment is so nuanced, isn't it? It's the moment where you suddenly start to question, actually, who is in control? So let's use exercise, another favorite topic, Why because it's such an, such an interest it's because of the look of pure joy and delight yeah. on your face when right. I said the word. But that's a really interesting one. So let's we know it's good to do a bit of exercise, get out, do I some stuff that. in the pandemic. Frankly, there were long seasons where there was nothing else to do. There was the, the, the whole mud saga of the beginning of this year, I did, you know, where we sort of trudged through mud that was like the Somme because there was basically nothing else to do. But it was good to go out. So exercise is good. And, and it does trigger that space in your brain that's good for you, not just because of it's, it's good physically, but and it triggers endorphins, which also lift your mood. But because it is about feeling like you've been effective, you've achieved something, that's good constructive control. So what do you do? You get your app, you're on Strava, all of that stuff. And you say, oh, look, I did this. And you look at your rates and it gives you your week's totals and you feel good about it. Then... You start to feel, what, bad, guilty, I didn't do it. Or you kept one of those texts. My husband got him a text the other day to say that someone had, st- someone had beaten him. <gasps> he didn't even know he was in a competition. <laughs> and my husband is, he's like one of those people, like all of life is a competition. Right. So he was just like, I ha- I've got to go and run up this hill. I'm like, why? He's like, because apparently people are trying to beat me at it. Now, what we have to do is be very careful that that's something that was constructive doesn't then become destructive because it just becomes something else that we are one that we're failing at, I would say, or that we're exhausting ourselves trying to achieve. It has started to rule us instead of us gaining the benefit from it. Mm. And that's quite a fine line, but it's a very important one to be aware of. Well, and it can also impact other people quite profoundly because when you're trying to control situations, often... That means you're removing agency from others in order to exert your control. So that can happen in a work context. So, you know, those of us that are working in some sort of hierarchical organization, 
you know, if we have people who are in, uh, you know, positions of leadership or authority mm. who are feeling really challenged, as you say, and start to exert control as a way of, yeah. of dealing with that, that then has a profoundly difficult impact on us. And we sense ourselves at the other end losing control yeah and and control is so linked to anxiety when you feel out of control you start to feel anxious one of the red flags for using control that's become destructive instead of constructive is are you trying to use it to manage anxiety so i don't need to be anxious as long as i'm in control as long as i've ticked off this list and and that then becomes difficult because it's quite compulsive you have to do it anxiety is a powerful emotion to to be driven by and if life is in general stressful, if your anxiety levels are high, that can quite inst- quite quickly become problematic. But also, did you know a lot of people display anxiety as anger, as aggression, as frustration? Wow. So, so when we're in leadership, if if you struggle with anxiety, particularly if control is the way that comes out, the chances are you, you might be quite a difficult person to work with or for. And I think if we are in leadership positions, we particularly as people of faith, there is such a responsibility on us to be self-aware because if we're anxious as leaders, the impact is going to be on the people that we're leading and supporting, whether that's people in your team, your organization, your church, or, or the young people come into your group. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's a tough lesson, but, but we've got to think about this because it impacts other people so uh i guess lastly as we um try to find some sort of practical thoughts coming out of this you know it's still quite a chaotic era there's still a sense of um for young people especially this lack of control this lack of agency and that's not just the pandemic that's also let's just throw in you know the environmental kind of crisis uh you know the 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 fact that sort of further education is unaffordable and there's lots of other areas that that young people feel out of control how do we help young people to find consistency agency those positive kinds of control without falling into some of the negative stuff that we talked yeah so so two things i would say number one is to explore constructive control so what's the stuff that we can do that will help us particularly when we're facing other things so that's largely restoring order or spaces we can achieve something or where you're sort of bringing together parts to create a whole so restoring order tidying something i love encouraging my kids to do this they seem oddly reluctant but i'm like sort out a drawer maybe put your washing in the washing basket fold some towels anyway good luck with that parents but that's the thing of restoring order achieving something could be baking something creating something Mm. playing an instrument going for a walk something like that Bringing things together. Oh, this is so personality dependent. Like apparently people love puzzles. That really helps them feel calm. That, that would push me over I, an edge. That's how I got through lockdown. Oh no, that would have pushed me over an edge. You see, Martin. Lego though, I'm completely at home with, Lego. but puzzles, like why would you do that to yourself? But anyway, those sorts of things where you're putting stuff together and, and achieving something at the end, baking or cooking, which mm. I do like to do stuff like that as well. So exploring constructive control, particularly if your mood's really low and you're struggling, Doing something small there will lift your mood and it often lifts it enough for you then to do something else like phone a friend, reach out, Mm -hmm. deal with a challenge, write the essay, whatever it is. And and I play with those things a lot more now post-pandemic than I used to before because I've realized just how useful they actually are. But the other thing is more interesting. And I think that's talking to young people about recognizing that there's things that we can't control and growing trust, but particularly the faith side of that. 
So actually, a lot of existing and thriving as people of God is recognizing that we can't control things, but we hand them over to God. You know that verse from Philippians that says, don't worry about anything, but in everything, place your request before God. Why? Because then you'll experience a peace that's beyond human understanding. I love the the, the Greek word that's used there when it talks about don't worry, you'll be anxious, is this beautiful word that literally means like those moments when you've got so much on your mind, it feels like your mind is pulled apart, like you're literally in pieces because you're just trying to keep keep focus on so many things. And it says, don't be like that. Just give them over to God and experience this peace beyond understanding. So when you can't control everything, handing it over to God and saying, do you know what? I recognize that I can't, but maybe that's okay because maybe... God's in control, he's got you. And exploring that more, because that's a concept that's so different to everything that our world will be telling our young people. And that, it's it's hard. I don't know, have you got that nailed yet? I I haven't. Oh, well. But it's an interesting conversation to have. Uh, I was going to ask you to sort of sum up you know, your response on the, on this one and do your sort of perfect summation. But actually those two points seem like a really great place to, to land. Uh, the, 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 the absolutely pushing into the peace of God that transcends all understanding. I, I'm really intrigued that many young people, that first point about positive kind of um, constructive control things, like achieving things, is something that young people quite naturally pushed into. I saw, you know, my daughter, um, you know, actually she's 13, but We've got this massive kind of cupboard now of things she made during wow. during lockdown. And she just naturally did that as a way of... So I think that's something that young people might only need a little push, a little guidance towards. It's actually in them quite often. Yeah. And again, in general, I think helping young people to realise how well they've done things. Yeah. And and to recognise that they, they, are, they are better at this than they think they are, that a lot of their instincts are brilliant, that they're doing great stuff, that they can teach us a lot of stuff that's good. I think I think those are good things. But also recognizing, you know, life isn't binary. We so often think it's either good or it's bad. And therefore, if stuff that we can't control, stuff that's difficult, bad stuff, if that's happening, then we kind of just, we're helpless, we're victims in the middle of that. But saying, no, actually, there's always something you can do. And, and maybe you can't solve the global thing, especially if it happens to be a pandemic or that you've got to sit exams. You know, stress isn't just distress. Many of life's best things are also stressful anxiety provoking things that we can't control i mean don't have children for a start if you want to be in control that would be a really stupid thing to do so you need to develop these skills in order to to, to sort of tap into a lot of life's potentially wonderful things so i think we can talk to young people about that and help them explore just some of these capabilities and and do it ourselves too. learn more about all of these things like agency and control and how to do that well Fantastic. So uh, just before we uh, bring this episode of Brave to a close, uh, we'd like to invite Amy Williams, our producer. Hello again. You got a surname this time. We didn't do that last week. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Giving away my identity. uh, You've prepared a a quiz for us on how brave we are. Yeah. So this is uh, part two of the four-part mini How Brave Are You quiz. So I'm going to give you two scenarios, multiple choice. Um, and they're both a bit silly, but they will also test your bravery. <laughs> Are any of them about how I stack the dishwasher? Unfortunately not. Okay. <laughs> okay, here's the first one. It, it's a little bit similar to one of the ones we did last time. Does it involve alligator repellent? No, this one has a snake in it. Excellent. Ooh. Okay, so uh, you go to your, your neighbor's house. Uh, your neighbor is as upstairs, you're downstairs, 
And while you're downstairs, you notice her pet snake crawling out of its cage. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so do you quickly exit, no time to say goodbye, uh, gently help the snake back into its cage, or urgently call your neighbour to come downstairs? I think it's, I mean... So last time we talked about running away from alligators, obviously on a on a mental health and wellbeing podcast. Yeah. Um, in fact, that was the original working title. Yeah. Uh, but I think this time somebody else is um, is at risk, aren't they? So That's I, true. I think probably I'd sort of try and get upstairs and 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 call to my friend um, neighbour because otherwise <laughs> they might get a nasty shock. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think this one is basically about delegating responsibility, isn't it? It's like, I love a problem that's basically not mine. Yeah. yeah, like, I'd just like to alert you to something that you need to deal with. Yes. So that, that feels good. Okay, that feels like a score draw then. We said yes. the same one. Yes, agreed. Okay, the next one is, is a bit of a different different vibe. So your close friend is auditioning for a singing competition, but she doesn't realise that she's completely tone deaf. Oh, no, no, What no, do you no, do? No. Do you suggest your friend try out for a dancing competition instead? <laughs> um, blatantly tell your friend she has a substandard singing voice. Or say and do nothing. The singing judges will break the news to her. I feel like there should be an extra option in here. But that's that's the ones that are given to us. I, I, I genuinely think that in the long term, people are so grateful for that one friend who told them. Like, I definitely have been. Oh, that's such a good, mature, like, leadership response. <laughs> Me, I'm just saying be. nothing. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> I'm staying out of this. You're not going to say anything? No, oh. but I totally should do what you just did. I would say. As that good friend. I, I think, well, if I, if I, you know, if this is someone I care yeah. about, I would say, it's it's very fresh for me because I've just had to do it. Someone's just sent me a sort of comedy video thing that they've been making and they had to, they asked me my opinion on it and I said, this isn't very good. I'm really sorry. And um, and we're still friends. But actually, I think they were grateful. I think in the long term, they'll be grateful. But I didn't let them in, unleash themselves onto the Internet and become, you know, a laughing stock to a load of other people who would have been much less loving and caring. So yeah. on this one, let's remember, mm. I run away from any insect <laughs> on this one. I'd say something. Yeah. OK. I think Martin probably wins that round. I, I think he clearly does. Yeah. yeah. But I think I'd probably do the same as Kate. Well, it also totally depends on who that person is and how sensitive they are, doesn't it? Well, and how likely they are to shout yes. at me yes. when I say Because obviously true. that's the whole bravery thing. Yeah, yeah, the bravery thing. I feel I'm not scoring high. Well, uh, the first round you both got a point and then the second round Martin won. So mm. I think Martin's just about tipped it for All this week. to play for. All to play for episodes, the next two episodes. Uh, which we'd love you to stick around. So we're still going to be talking about a failure next time in the final episode uh, we're going to be talking about identity. This has been Brave. I've been Martin Saunders. She's been Dr. Kate Middleton. We'll see you again next time. Bye.